0: Welcome to another edition of Talking Ball with the Czar, Emory Hunt, the Czar, a the playbook here on the campus of William & Mary, the College of William & Mary, the tribe, with offensive coordinator Brendan Marion. Appreciate you taking time, man. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Well, I am I just so happy to be in the area, right? Just <laughs> driving around the states as I do, right? <laughs> you know, i am always trying to find talent. But I wanted to stop in and chat with you because you have one of the best offenses I've seen. Now, full of this close to the fans out there. It's called the go-go offense. I've done broadcasts for the, when you were at Howard. Um, I've known you for years prior because you were at Arizona State, you were at the high school level, you were at Oklahoma Baptist. Um, and I've seen this offense evolve and take shape. And it's funny because you hear a lot of talk in the NFL um, about how it's getting closer to the college game. And we've seen Kyler Murray go number one overall and Cliff Kingsbury offense. But watching your offense – Go from high school to low-level college to HBCU football in the MEAC to now a Power 5 program in the FCS in William & Mary. Who better to talk to about this project we're going to talk about today? Because, you know, you look at a guy that, that does a great job of matchups and understanding how players fit and getting the most out of a roster. Your Howard offense, you know, was explosive. What no was doubt. the, the – the, uh, Biggest upset in college football history from a point spread standpoint. Yes, sir. Howard over UNLV. Um, so, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. The go-go offense. That what's the go-go offense? For those that may not know, um, really, the go-go
1: offense is um, the way we line up is the most unique way in college football uh, today. Um, I'd say we're the only ones in college football to line up the way we do. Uh, consistently. And um, it's really our two running backs are side by side in the backfield out of multiple uh, formations with receivers and tight ends. We we do different things with receivers and tight ends, present different pictures uh, to the defense. And, you know, kind of how we got the name Go-Go was, you know, when we were at uh, Howard, I'd ran the offense for a while uh, prior to Howard. But when we got to Howard, um, Coach London had asked me to run that same offense that I ran in high school, um, and I said, Coach, I'm ready to roll. I, I got it ready to roll. And, um, you know, we were trying to give it a name and figure out what we're going to call the offense here. Because um, I feel like if you give something a name, people, you know, always want to make it work better. You know, it, naming rights. Everybody Like the likes Zod that. A
0: playbook. Exactly. <laughs> Every,
1: everybody loves to have a name attached to it. So um, how we did it was, you know, I was asking the players, and I didn't really like the names they were coming up with. Then I asked my mom, like, what, what do you know about D.C.? Because she used to go to D.C. a lot. And she's like it's all about go-go it's all about the go-go music and da-da-da. And i was like all right we're gonna call our offense the go-go offense and I told the players that and they loved it and everybody in dc loves it so <laughs> you know that's that was kind of the thing and it kind of you know after we beat unlv obviously kind of took off as you know now we're the go-go offense
0: it was great about watching it just become that because it, it literally was like that it's, it sounds it, it played out how it sounds it was fast paced it was explosive it got everybody on the move. And you talked about put two backs in the backfield. And, you know, that's obviously that that has music to buy as being a former running back. But when you look at the NFL, right, and that's why, that's why I wanted to bring you on because this is a great way to talk, to merge the two games, college football, pro football, personnel. One thing that's great about college football coaches is the fact that you guys wear so many hats. Let's say as a head coach, you have to be – uh, the GM as well. Yeah. You have to maximize your roster. You got 85 scholarships at the FBS level. Um, let's say you could bring up to what? 40 walk-ons, so 125. At the FCS level is what? 65 scholars? 63. 63, right? And so you could have a max of what? 120 players, I believe? Yes. Or has, has changed. So, But you also have to you know, maximize the personnel on your roster. NFL is even tougher because you have the 53-man roster, Forty-five, which is dumb on game day, you know, active roster. If you're on the team, you're on a team. Like, yeah. dress up, and you have a ten-man practice squad. But there are some teams when you look at it on paper, it's like, man, this they have so much personnel, and in such a great way to maximize it. I think it would be best to pick the brain of a college coach to see how you would maximize the roster. What, what, like, what's one roster that that instantly jumps out at you is something that, man, I could do some things with that.
1: Well, definitely, um, you know, the the Jets right now, the the Browns, I mean, you just see, you know, they got pieces everywhere that you could definitely do some things with. I think, um, you know, obviously Kyler getting drafted to to Arizona. I mean, there's still some pieces that need to put put in place for him, but, you know, he's definitely a dynamic guy that can move it around and do some things for you.
0: I like what you brought up because let's talk about the Jets. I was just there a few weeks ago. At OTAs, and you bring in Le'Veon Bell. You you have the assigned Ty Montgomery, who's a running back receiver hybrid, uh, played receiver at a great level at Stanford, and they have a an athletic quarterback. But they got some some dogs around the, the roster. If if you was to to tinker with what's going on, how how intriguing would that roster be for you as an OC and you seeing what you could put together? Um, I, I, see, I see a lot of pieces. Um, and you have two guys, Ty
1: Montgomery and, and Tim White, who we had at Arizona State. Um, two guys that can run with the ball in their hand, you know, as running backs and be, you know, receivers that can get dy- dynamic down the field and do some things for you. And then you have Le'Veon Bell, who arguably is the best running back in football, um, y- you know, that can catch the ball for you, can run the ball for you, can do, to pretty much do it all. You know, you got a vertical threat already in Robbie Anderson. I mean, there's a lot of different pieces. And then, obviously, the quarterback piece, Sam Darnold. Um, When you have a guy like that who can make you right when the play is wrong sometimes, you want to make it where, you know, I always say I like to play it old school where you have two backs in the game because it sets the coverage for the quarterback, obviously. And then if you have a dynamic down the field threat, um, you know, they're going to have to stay back. To keep that guy from you know one play drives no defense wants to give up the deep post skinny post down the field mean um, if you have a guy who can consistently go down there and make that play which the jets do and you have a quarterback who can throw that throw you know every day like he's out there throwing it to his dad you mm-hmm. know just hanging out um and then you have that run game i mean you can be truly dynamic in controlling the game i mean you want to control the defense you don't want to take what the defense gives you you want to uh do whatever you want to the defense, <laughs> right. kind of like al davis would say you know what i mean you want to be the guy who dictates what the defense does and uh, i think that's what our offense does and i think a lot of guys are uh starting to gears towards using college style offenses just because um that's the way the players are learning anyways um and the learning curve is going to be really really high uh to go to you know two sentences in a paragraph for a play when you can the coaches can know that, you know, but the players don't need to necessarily know the, the, the two sentences, right? You can say two or three words that match that same thing that you wanted um, and get the same performance out of your guys. So.
0: You're a Pittsburgh guy. You see right up there Quadri Henderson from Pitt. Yeah. They utilize him a lot at Pitt, kind of like how you use, let's say, Jaquest Ezard back at Howard. They put him in motion. He was a jet sweep guy. Had him in the slot. Sometimes they had him in the backfield, and so there's so much personnel here. And I forgot they even brought in Jamison Crowder, man. They, if, if this offense doesn't average 35 points a game, I'm gonna be upset. But but when you look at the Browns, now you talk about on paper Super Bowl champs because or at least an offense that average should average 50 points a game. You have Baker Mayfield who played at Oklahoma, highest um, mid-trophy winner, but you also have Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., you have two backs in the backfield, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, three, I'm sorry, Duke Johnson. Yes. You also have Antonio Calloway from Florida, who is a tremendous receiver. Higgins out of Colorado State was a good one. You got David and Joku, athletic tight end. What do you see in the Browns offense that they kind of would make you excited to say, you know what, I'm ready to go and, and do some things with these pieces that they have?
1: Well, the first thing is the, the run game. Right. Because with that, I mean, you get Odell Beckham in a one-on-one situation. Touchdown. Right? Easy money, right? <laughs> and Baker Mayfield, and you look at the success that Oklahoma quarterbacks have had, you know, Coach Riley's done a great job of staying in 20 personnel, 21 personnel, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the time that they're on the field at Oklahoma. So if the Browns go to a 20, 21 personnel style of offense, Baker's already done that. And now you have pieces where if they're one-on-one, Jarvis Land- – I mean, if you dictate the game with the run and you keep two guys in the backfield, you're telling the defense that we're going to run the football, right. which means they need to adjust and stop the run, right, because nobody wants to get the ball ran ran on them nonstop. No, I mean, no That's defense prior, coordinator. Right? Yeah, it's a pride thing, right? You just five yards, six yards, seven yards, eight yards. Oh, man, what are we going <laughs> to do?
0: Slow blowout. Right? <laughs>
1: And 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 all the fans know when, when the team's running the ball on you, okay? You don't want it to be well, – the fans are being able to call out like, oh, they're <laughs> running the ball all over them, you know? So um, those are one of the things where now, you know, I'd, you'd, be, you'd be hard-pressed to defend uh, the Browns for a whole game if, if they stay in a 20-personnel set and they have multiple backs that can come in there and, and do things. I mean, they can even put three backs in the backfield at times if they wanted to.
0: Now, that's a great transition man you're pretty good at this media thing um because if you want to talk three backs in the backfield you talk you're breaking down the fourth wall right you, you're talking about the quarterback who touches the ball every play that is also a dynamic threat with his legs so let's look at baltimore Yeah, you got lamar jackson who is the ultimate chess piece yeah. in backfield they bring in mark ingram they have three really good tight ends man mark andrews played at oklahoma uh, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina, Nick Boyle. Uh, since we're in the CAA, he's from Delaware, mm-hmm. and a draft Marquise Brown from Oklahoma, Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. With a guy like Lamar Jackson, and and since you know the Go Go offense is primarily a running offense, it's based on dominating up front, like you said, dictating the, the terms. What would you do with that with with all that personnel, especially having that that key dynamic piece at quarterback?
1: Well, you know, when we had Kalen at Howard, um, Kalen Newton, uh, he was a running guy and he loved to run the football, kind of the same as Lamar Jackson, you know, can definitely open up the game running the football. I mean, Lamar Jackson in itself can get you 100 yards rushing a game. So then you add the running backs that are already in the backfield. Then you have tight ends who can help block down and, and help, you know, in conjunction with the offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of things you have to stop just in that interior of that formation of just – that's a headache in itself for his defensive coordinator trying to figure out, all right, how can we stop these guys from running the football, okay, because if they spread you out, he can still run the ball. And if they get you in tight, he can still run – I mean, no matter what, he can still run the ball no matter what you do. So – we, we say, talking about being a true, uh, our quarterback being a point guard, and with, with Lamar Jackson, you're always playing with 11 players on the field. I think a lot of NFL teams are trying to pull away from, I say, using 10 guys. When your quarterback is not a threat at all, mm-hmm. the defense can just tee off on you. It's 11 versus 10. It's a numbers game. They win, right? Anytime you're playing 11 against 10, the, the other team it's wins. Easy, so, right. easy, um, right. Now it's true, 11 on 11 game, but. You probably want to put nine or ten in the box <laughs> to figure out how to stop that, but then you have a guy like Marquise Brown stretching the field. I mean, it could get scary because he's a one-play drive guy in itself. I mean, get him the ball anywhere, and he can score. I mean, that's what made him, you know, be one of the smaller guys who got into the, you know, got drafted as the what top receiver in the NFL draft this year. So. You know, good luck to the Ravens. You know, it's crazy because I'm from Pittsburgh, a Steelers fan. I'm like, man, Steelers got to go
0: against the Browns and the Ravens twice this year. It's going to be a hard season. When you, when you look at your, your journey, man, it's, it's something that's been impressive. And I'm sitting here with Brendan Marion. And obviously, you guys heard me intro him in the beginning. But the fact that you have probably one of the more unique stories that relates to a lot of people, and now you find yourself at you a know, Power 5 FCS program one of the hot names in coaching as far as designing an offense, building an offense. And, and it's, it's it's funny because where you got your start and where you are now shows the hard work, determination, and dedication it takes to be there. Have you had the opportunity to take a step back and, and really you kind of look at where you come, how far you've come and where you are now?
1: No, I mean, I, I just try to stay humble and, and just be a servant and keep serving the kids as far as just trying to stay true to the reasons why I got into coaching. Um, You know, I really don't look at the outside stuff. The football part for me has always been the – I mean, that's what I would do anyways. You know, my grandfather always said pick a job that you would do regardless of the salary or paycheck or, you know. So, football, I did that. You know, I always tell kids the progression. I mean, if you play since – like I played since five years old, five, six years old till you're 21 – that's when I got a check from the NFL. So you played all them years basically for free right? and, and coaches, sometimes they get in, you know caught up in trying to chase the dollar and, you know, how far can the money take them? But really the money will come if you, if you love the game and love the kids and, and that's kind of what I've stayed true to doing. Uh, you know, really when we created our offense, I was just trying to find a way to score points with a bad team. You know, when you're young, you get uh, really bad teams and, uh, You know, that's why I love what Mike Leach said. It's all relative. If you can score points in high school, you can score score points in college, you can score points in the NFL because your personnel gets better. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just uh, now a result of loving the guys and, you know, personnel gets better and guys start getting accolades and awards. And, you know, so now it's, you know, more of a national level outlook than it was, you know, when it was just a local high school team, you know, just trying to, you know, when you win the conference and, make you know
0: right all
1: state or all conference (laughs) you know now it's like oh that dude's an all american you know he's you know like those things happen so uh just been blessed and you know work with great great people been around great people obviously coach london is you know to me he could be an nfl head coach um right now and, and be successful so you know just being surrounded by great guys
0: yeah coach london is one of the best men in the coaching profession and also one of the great developers of a program. Like we've seen him do it at Virginia, we've seen him do it at Richmond, we've seen him do it at Howard. You know, Howard was on the precipice of the Celebration Bowl and, you know, we're gonna see him do it here, William and Mary. it, it you know, before I let you go, talking about this program. This is one of the sleeping giants in the state and probably in college football. A lot of tradition here could also be the cradle of head coaches, the amount of coaches that coach here. I mean, you can go to Lou Holtz, you can go to Marvel Levy, Mike Tomlin, like you can go on and on and on, right? You know. um, Jimmy Laycock it was a legend here over 40 years of coaching. Uh, what makes this place so special?
1: Um, I really think this is truly a – it's its kind of like when you watch the movies back in the day and you see a college campus and it's like, oh, that's what a college campus is. It, it really has that feel to it. Um, and when you come here, you know that this is basically Harvard and William and Mary are the two oldest universities in the country. So you see the tradition. Uh, there's presidents that went here, like you said, several coaches, and if you just get here on this, pl- it's just a special place. It's almost it's almost mystical, or you know, it's just it's just hard to explain unless you actually come here and feel the environment. Um, and I think that's the thing. We've been at, we've been blessed when kids and people come here. They're like, oh, okay, now I see why, you know, that place. And, um, you know, it's paid dividends for all the coaches and players that have came through here, you know, the ones that came before us um, have done great things and went on to do great things. So um, this is definitely a, a special place.
0: Yeah, I think you guys are going to do a really good job this year. This is your first season here at William & Mary Um Forty-five points a game, fifty. As as I <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Like yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen it at its best. Now, as as you keep moving forward, I just expect the most. I I, I want to see at one point during the season, you guys put a hundred, uh, put a C note on somebody, man. Man, <laughs> man, that'd be a great day if that could happen. That'd be a great day, for sure. Well, well Brittany, man, I uh, appreciate you taking time and, and talking some ball with me. While I just stopped, again, I was just in the area. Just Don't even ask why I'm driving around <laughs> Virginia, but I'm in the area. And I want to stop it. Great talking ball with you, man.
1: No doubt. Thank you, man.